Peace. It's Josh for The Hunger For More. Just wanted to say on behalf of The Hunger For More family, everyone that's been down with us through this season one journey, we appreciate y'all. All day, every day. Don't forget to leave that five-star review and that five-star rating. Next up, episode 11, featuring our brother, our homie, Jack Freeman. Now tuned in to the hunger for more. Now tuned, tuned in to none other than the hunger for the more. Hunger, the hunger for more. With B. Will, yo, yo, yo. he's in. Yo, what's good? Just you. This is the hunger for more, 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 more. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! What you know about that, about that? Welcome to the Hunger for More Juke Joint Joint. It's your boy B. Wilk, T. Zance, and Jess. We down south with our brother Jack Freeman, Jack Freeman. Bring his soul back to the R&B game. Today's, today's episode is all about the H-Town. Wanna give love to those that pay, paved the way. R.I.P. Pimp C. R.I.P. DJ DJ Screw DJ Screw. All the H Town legends, we appreciate y'all out east, out west, out west, the Midwest and down south, down south. Let's get into the juke joint. Turn that music down. You know my boy Jack from H Town. What they do? Let me get down. What they do? I had to put what this up. Do? Also, shout out to Reggie getting in the Hall of Fame. But um, oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. The Rose Bowl, Texas, USC. I remember being in college with Jack. Me and Jack used to play football together, man. We was on a team. And we'd still be like, but USC finna whoop Texas ass. And Texas people would be like, nah, but I played against so-and-so. He went to Lamarck. You know, so-and-so, he called Jamal yeah. Trump. It was just so, it was like, it was just so dope to be able to be at the point in our life where um, we were many things, man. We were all coming from our different places. But when we came together, we were one big family. And I think yep. that's why I double entendre this one, the, the juke joint, you know. Um, obviously, me, Jack... Just we all got football backgrounds, um, but the double entendre is you know my boy Jack, uh, his one of his first albums, Lenny's Juke Joint. Uh, I remember when that was like cementing him in the uh, in his new field of play, which was the world of music, R and B. My brother's bringing soul back. My brother Jack is on the cusp of dropping his newest album. His single Shine is out. My boy's working with some of the industry's greats. And uh, we feel grateful that he came on to join us today. So everybody, welcome the legendary Jack Freeman to the show. Out here, what he do? What he do, baby? Yo, man, Brian, like, look where we are now, man. Like, this shit's crazy, bro. Like, first of all, man, like, congratulations to all of y'all on the horn, man. Y'all's, uh, y'all's respective, uh, you know, success, man, but like respect, respect. Like love. Brian, like I I <laughs> it's funny because I 
y'all, I'm sure y'all have heard this story before, but <laughs> I met Brian before I met Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a freshman, 2007, I came in uh, for, for camp and uh, I got there and niggas was already suspended from the team. <laughs> and I, I was like, wait, what happened? And they was like, yeah, it was a, it was a, niggas had a fight at the club. And I'm like, okay. And they was like, yeah, that nigga B. Wilkes was going crazy. He was going off. And I'm like, who is this nigga B. Wilkes? And like, should I be afraid of this nigga? <laughs> but nah, like, from there, like, I knew you was a real dude, even then, and um, he was one of the guys that kind of like helped my transition and, and you know coming into college and just like um, just being introduced to a new world and like a whole new group of people. Man, it was it was that was that was one of the highlights of my uh, my couple years there, like just being being around Brian and cracking jokes and shit like that. <laughs> so. Man, bro. Yeah. You 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 on here with B. Wilk now, but back then I would Wilk Rilla was at the forefront back then. You know oh all God. that football shit they rewired us. My <laughs> Wilk Rilla was running shit. But yep. nah man, I mean it shows how much growth we all go through or we all should yep. go through as human right. beings. Um yep. but man I tell you there's days I'll, I'll just be sitting down chilling laughing laughing about some shit that we did in college or laughing about DC or Lennon or Brax with Wild Ass and what's yeah. crazy is Just and, and T they all got to meet you know T Jack and everybody DC oh T Jack yeah <laughs> shout out to T Jack man yeah. look bro I, once again we got our brother Jack Freeman is he 111 the juke joint my brother Jack he did it in, in two games like he's Pee Wee Kirkland the clips line was about Jack um, but now Jack Jack is a you know he's a soulful one of the most talented young singers out right now and he's not even young because we old niggas but I'm gonna say young so maybe maybe market you a little bit different but I just want to say Jack he referenced it a little bit early but I remember uh, Jack when we played football at UTEP man he was like he was like the Miko Hardman before there was a Miko Hardman. Now every team got a little Miko Hardman who's good at yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas routes, who's going to do this, do that, shifty, could get it out of breaks. And Jack was that dude with speed, could break away and um, very talented on the field, man. And at some point, Jack was like, y'all, I'm out. Like, Jack was gone, you know? And uh, then I remember hearing, like, I don't know, someone saying, like, you know, you know Jack Freeman, like, you know Jack be singing now, you know? Um, and it was just really dope for me, even then, <laughs> even when Will Rilla was, was yes. running shit and mentally. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, yo, that's really dope that, you know, to see someone who could be in this one arena and follow their path and journey and their calling in a completely different arena. Because, and as we know in our culture, our black culture, we're accustomed to what I, what I yeah. consider friendly fire, shit, maybe even family fire. You looking for the enemies and hate yeah. and negativity to come out from yeah, this right behind And it be from this person. And be like, damn, or it be from right behind me. And so I would love to hear about what prompted you to get into singing, what you faced um, and, and hurdles and opposition and negativity or just in along your journey 
because I've been blessed and I'm proud of you and all of us here are to see where it's taking from She's Gotta Have It to Big Crit, who I love and listen, I know all of us love and listen to, to Scarface, to Bun, to Lil Kiki, like, just speak about your journey because I feel like we all agree in one accord. The journey's a damn reward many of the time, like you just referenced about the jail. You don't know why you're here on this journey until you get out of it. Yeah, man. Um, Hop on my The transition was weird because the last game I ever suited up a football game for was Thanksgiving 2008 we played uh, East Carolina. And um, and this was the year after Chris Johnson. When we went to ECU, yeah. So we went to say, ECU on Thanksgiving. We had yeah, our Thanksgiving yeah, dinner yeah, at and some bullshit. And so when I was done playing, I said, man, I said, bro, I don't think I want to do this shit no more. And um, I got home and I just asked my dad, I was like, yo, man, um, how would you feel if I said I didn't want to play football anymore? He looked at me. He was like, well, I'd ask why, because you've been playing football since you was six years old. Like, what do you what is it? And I said, man, it's, I'm not having fun. This shit just is not fun to me. I didn't touch the ball to Austin. I was a, I ran a four, three, six, 40. <laughs> and I told you he, he was Miko before Miko. Brother, you, you giggled, but that's world class speed. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was a lot. And I was just trying to figure out my way, mm-hmm. but also I was not having fun doing this shit, bro. I just wasn't having no fun. And so I get back. Yeah. yeah and I get back in January and um, I tell coach a couple of days in. And then, um, and then uh, my aunt dies in February. And um, I got to come home for that, you know, and I, and I go back up there. And that summer, I'm like, man, um, I'm like, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I was like, well, I could sing. I think I got to write a song. <laughs> like, that's literally one of the things that just was like, I, like, my life has always been like, if I'm good at something, it's because I looked at it and said, I think I could do that. And then I tried it and maybe I was trash at first, but then I got good mm-hmm. at it. And it was just always that way for me. And so um, I knew these guys uh, that all went to U of H called the Nice Guys. And I was like, yo, y'all should let me like sing hooks for y'all. And they was like, you can sing? And I'm like, yeah. And I said that to them while I was at Utah. I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I was just was like, you know. But um, they was like, okay, well. So I came to Houston and um, I did a hook for them late 2009 that was like the first like real song I did and um, it just like took off from there because I was like well while I'm trying to figure out how to make music for myself and record music for myself and put out music for myself let me start by doing features for other people that would allow me to do it while I was doing those hooks and stuff, I'm like, okay, so that's how you record that. Okay, bet. All right, cool. And then I started going to like real studios and like learning what the process was and really just kind of teaching myself because I don't have any any musical uh, training. I've, I've never been vocal trained. I don't, I can't read music. I, I you know, I can't do none of that. And so um, I just was learning on the go and just like, you know, it's, it's kind of like playing ball. It's like, look, I just know I'm fast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, 
how do you run routes or how do you as a linebacker, what does it mean to fill the gap? What does it mean to diagnose an, a, a player or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. I just know that I'm strong and I'm fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to be, I got to learn the other things. Mm-hmm. And right. Um, right. so that studio became like my, my football field. And it just, you know, because um, you can't really watch film. Like the first time I ever performed was um, – the, the nice guys came to me and was like, you ready to perform? They was drunk. They was like, you ready to perform? Open enough for, for, for J. Cole in two months? And I'm like, what? And they was like, yeah, yeah we opening for J. Cole. J. Cole didn't have an album out. It was his first show in Houston. Wow. And I remember very vividly that man came out there on that stage and said, Yo, man, my manager told me I had a show in Houston. And I was like, damn, I got fans in Houston. And everybody was like, yeah. And it was, <laughs> and, but it was just like a, <laughs> um, it felt like any given Sunday. You remember when, when Jamie's just on the sideline, right? And he just, he talking shit, you know, he don't think he can get in the game. It's like, oh shit. And then he go in the game and it's like, oh fuck. What, what is about like he throws up yeah throw up. but then when that ball <laughs> snaps <was> like, your <laughs> your yeah. instincts just go it's like I gotta get the fuck out of the way get rid of the ball get out of the way mm-hmm. get out of bounds do whatever I gotta do slide whatever yeah. and so that's what it was it was me understanding that as a track athlete when I got the baton there was no take the baton and say hold on I'm not ready yet when it was football it was all right i got a i got a slant and it's coming to me for sure because i know the i know this defense it's coming to me it wasn't no hold on let me call a timeout no no you got to get that ball and you got to go so when we jump on the stage and it's just me singing i'm like well you know how to sing just fucking sing (laughs) and that's what trained me is just jumping on stage and just doing all it like I don't think I ever had a point where I had stage fright because I was so used to playing ball like if we needed a touchdown it was coming to me <laughs> if we if we needed to uh, a first down right. it was coming to me and I'm asking for it you know what I'm saying I know Houston is such a cultural place I mean you yeah. talk about you know Hurricane Katrina and how that brought an influence of, you know, New Orleans. But even before that, Houston was was this mecca in the South. Right now, if someone said 25 lighters on my the dresser, dresser yes, sir, yes, like, that's exactly what's like, for the bro, people. Like, big swingers and bulging 20. Yeah. Just sitting low. We bought 24, seven, all that we know. Neon lights with two of my truck. Oh, like, popping show. It's the song, and it's just the, it's the universal language. Um, what's it like growing up in H for you? Man, it was dope because um, obviously, like, if you just grew up in one place your whole life, you it's kind of all you know, but it's um, my brother went to high school with OG Ron C. My sister went to high school. My sister went to high school with Slim Thug. <laughs> and so, and it was guys in between there like Michael Watts. So like, um, for those that don't really understand the the, <clears throat> the geography of Houston, at that time, it wasn't Crips and Bloods and all that shit in Houston. It was just North Side, South Side. So if you was from the South Side, you wore red and you you rocked a South Side fade. 
If you was from the north side, you wore blue and you probably had braids at the time. So that's why everybody in Switch House had braids. It was all from the north side. And the only nigga from the south side that had braids at that time was Lil Flip. But so when you talk about certain artists, you're talking about certain neighborhoods as well. So uh, it's kind of like L.A. In a, in a sense where like, you know, Snoop from Long Beach and, you know, um, Kendrick Lamar from Compton and, you know, and all of that. Like for us, it was it was a lot of the same thing. But if you was like when I was a kid, when I was a, like a like 10, 11, you know, whatever, if you was from the north side, you ain't go to the south side. And it was it was going to be a problem. And especially if you had a nice slab, you was getting robbed for that. <laughs> and explain what the slab is to people that that might be. So so the slab is uh, it's the candy paint. It's the it's the it's the uh, the sound system in the back, the pop trunk. Like we got we got what we call pop trunk, where you hit the button and the trunk pop up, and it's neon lights in the trunk and the and the mm-hmm. and, and it's like five twelves in the back or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So, and some people had their own like rules on slabs. Like like I think Paul Wall feels like it got to be a Cadillac. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, it had to be an American. Yep. Mostly, but they, but like you said, yeah, they're mostly American rides. Like some people, you see somebody slab out of bins or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we were never really. Wow, shit. They go on OD with it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah they go on OD with it. And the, and the big thing though was uh, was swingers, uh, which swingers at the time eighty fours were uh, mm-hmm. the spoked hubcap that they stopped making in nineteen eighty four because they were uh, they changed like the road laws to whatever or whatever. And they they stopped making them, and folks started a company started making them, but you had to pay like thousands of dollars to get them. But then another company some years later came back Texas Wine Wheels and started mass producing them, and now you got the pokers and the super pokers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah. but the but the culture is so rich, man. Um, it's mostly a hip hop city. That's what we're mostly known for. Um, but we're so rich in and um and just talent because there's so many people in Houston. It's such a um such a such a big city. And um and that's what I love about it is like it's got two downtowns, bro. Like people don't understand like tech like Texas is big in itself, but Houston is huge. And like yeah. I look at how music is being influenced. Obviously, we right. know Beyonce, we know Meg. Right. We got Travis Scott. Like one, the, Travis, arguably yeah. the biggest artist out right now. Yep, Don Tolliver has taken his, and he ain't changed. Don Tolliver, he ain't changed his his lingo, his slang, nothing. You got the whole world saying lingo from Houston, and I just think like, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's influenced by so many different other kinds of music. I mean, even me in high school, I remember me, and my boy Damian, my boy Nick, we used to bump that. Uh, that that mixtape with with yeah. Paul Wall and uh, Chameleon there in red. Yeah, get your mind correct. Yeah, get your mind get correct. Get your mind correct. Sitting in the classroom and we maybe yeah. was the only niggas in Cali. We had that shit bumping, and we Killing used to it, sing. Yeah. I mean, it's something like it's got. I know Pimp C, R.I.P. to the legend, but like him and Bun, another legend, bro. Like these 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 church hymns. Yet these like. Uh, memorable hooks like y'all was infusing yeah. everything and then we talk about SUC we talk about Chopped and Screwed like these are things in music songs now that are just yeah. 
it's a standard Drake put now. it in that song people like oh that's that's a you know people might get confused and say that's Drake joint like this stuff is birthed in Houston so I've always been like you know obviously coming up on the west coast and Cali is, is, is one of a kind but I've always been enamored with like the culture of, of the H but um yeah, man, yeah. like, one other thing and I know about it, people... Oh, go ahead, Jay. No, I was going to just piggyback, B, and just say, for one of the older heads on this call, I love the fact that Ghetto Boys hit me at a young age, man. Come on. Mind yeah. playing tricks on me shit, and I was all confused, because I thought these dudes were from the Northeast. Yo, and all of a seen these little... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, damn, the music video, everything, it's very South. And I'm like, what the hell are these yeah. dudes living? And then I realized yeah. it's Houston, Texas, and this is a young age. You feel me? You know the funny, so, the funny, uh, the fun fact about the Ghetto Boys is that the original Ghetto Boys was niggas from the Northeast. <laughs> oh, that's it crazy. was, it was, um, it was a cat from Jersey. Uh, I want to say Ready Red might have been from Chicago. It was one guy from Houston, and it was it was four guys, I believe. It was it was three guys, and then it was four guys, and then they and Jay Prince changed the name to G-E-T-O boys and then mm-hmm. kicked everybody out the group except Bushwick because Bushwick used to be a background dancer. He used to be breakdancing in the back. That's crazy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so he... Uh, little, little, little Billy. Yeah, yeah. And so... And Bushwick Bill is from Bushwick, Queen. I mean, Bushwick, uh, Brooklyn. So... Brooklyn. Wow. <laughs> and so... Um, but that iteration of the ghetto boys that we all know is um, he he went and grabbed uh, Jay Prince, a Northsider, went and grabbed Scarface out of the Southside, which is crazy, and signed him and put him in a group with Willie D, who was a Northsider, and then put uh, Bushwick in there, and it was like, look, y'all just write his raps, and um, but yeah, like it's you know the Ghetto Boys, like I remember my playing tricks on me scared me so much when I was a child, bro. I'm, brother, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I would cover my eyes when I saw that video. Scarface used to scare me, bro. And then I met him. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean, met him? You got tracks with him, don't you? I got Bun? man. I sang. I sang uh, background for Face for six years. That's I got a. Uh, I got a record uh, with Face, and the way I met Face is already hilarious in a sense of just like. Yeah, nah, it's one of those things where, like, my life has always just been kind of one of those things that, um, like, the dumbest shit might happen to me and then the best shit might happen to me later on. The best shit for my life at that time. Yeah. So, 2015 or so, um, might have been 14. It was 2014. I go, uh, I get a haircut. I'm on my way home. And I get rear-ended on the, in the car. And I have warrants, like traffic warrants, on a Friday night. And they take me to jail. And um, I'm in there a couple of hours. I see the judge. They're like, oh, you got time, sir. You can go home. I didn't get out. It was 10 o'clock Friday night. I didn't get out till 10 a.m. the next morning. And I had already done my time, sir. I was really supposed to go home, right? So... I don't have a car and my guy Steve-O calls me. He's a engineer. He was an engineer at the time. Now he's a tour manager. And he's like, yo, bro, you're trying to get on this Scarface record. And I'm like, who? And he says, Scarface. And I said, um, nigga, yeah. What do you mean? Yes, I want to get on Scarface record. 
because I, I always said when I started making music, and we'll probably get back to the start of it, but like I always said that like if I get a record with Bun and Scarface here, niggas can't tell me nothing in the city. I've I've gone to the point where I like you know, and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah. exactly. And you got both. You got both. I did get both. I'm not going to let you miss out on that flex. You got both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We keep, and you got the Slab on Butter song. Yeah. And so... You, you holding it down for Houston. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, so when is the session? Because I don't have a car. I got to get a ride. And he was like, you always got your car. What's wrong with your car? And he was like, I said, man, long story short, I got in a wreck the other day. They took me to jail. My car is in a wrecker somewhere. Like, I don't, you know, I got to go get it. But it's fucked up right now. I got to get it fixed. He said, you know what's crazy is the song is about being in jail. <laughs> and I said, Stop. are you serious? He's like, yeah, let me see if he'll send it to you. So he sent it to me. I wrote the hook in like five minutes. And so the song is called Hot Seat. And um, it's basically, it's me saying, oh, sitting on this concrete couch, just waiting. Because if you've ever been to jail, <laughs> ain't no cushioning on benches, nigga. It's, it's, a, it's all bad in there. It's not, it's not, it's not a fun mm-hmm. time. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so um, um, I recorded it like later that week. And then the next it comes, the song came out the next year. And then the um, I started singing background for him in 2016. And I did my last show with him in 2012, in 2022. Wow. So, yeah. Our boy, Matt and Uh fellas, help me out. When he came on, he said, sometimes you're gifted momentum and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And in that instance, when they're like, yo, you ready to perform with J. Cole? You could have easily said, no, nah, heck no, I haven't done glasses. No, I ain't trying to, I don't got my own mic. I don't even got an earpiece. He was like, I'm ready. That was you being gifted momentum. And you know how many people in life are gifted momentum constantly, but afraid to go into it less prepared than they think they should be when all the preparations already in you. So again, you look at three dudes who was like, yo, we should do this podcast shit. Nigga, right hand of God. <laughs> Unless one of these niggas got a private YouTube page, ain't none of us <laughs> ever done this shit. Yeah. But as we continue to learn on the fly and continue to, you know, gauge the audience right. and see the traction we get, we get blessed enough to have guests like you. So as you continuously walk in purpose, you continue, you get these, these victories, the J. Cole, the Killer Callion, shout out to the H-Town legend. You get these moments that continue to push you. And then I feel, yeah. and I'm sure the dudes would agree, it's a reward for you stepping yeah. out on faith um, and believing in your talents, doing that Willie Beeman shit, saying, I don't know a damn play, but, but I know how to there. ball. But I know how to ball. It's intermission time, folks. In compliance with the hunger for more and its motto, ambition to elevate, we highly suggest you get up, get up, stretch, replenish, drink, drink, go check your car, check check your ticketing outside, and come right back, right back.
dirty game, this dirty game, it chose me. Every city love cocaine, they'll get it from him, they don't get it from me. So I get cross country with that thing, taking that wrist, letting them hang. Banging that pocket, die tonight, at least mama know I didn't die, man. Cause I put up some from every sale, so all my children can live well. Might go to heaven, might go to hell, but just put me in the wood, ring, ring the bell. I wonder sometime how life would be if there wasn't no such thing as D. But then I put that sweet down, cause that bullshit don't apply to me. Cause I hear on the real streets, a dream I always stay sleep. Cause I hear the strong surviving, I day nigga die from banking weak. Gotta pray for keeps, gotta pray it hard. Still trying to get right with God. Still read my Bible on, the rem do wrong, still living fraud. Tonight, if I get down on my knees and ask the Lord to forgive me, please. You think he gon' hear me, cause tomorrow I'm still gonna be slanging Ladies and gentlemen, grab your seats, sit back, enjoy part two of the Juke Joint with our brother, our family, the soulful, the gifted, the talented, Jack Freeman. I'm And Jack, real quick, I'm even going to add to what B just textualized for us and go back because you're leaving out something, Jack, because you are... Very, very talented, gifted. I like to say gifted. Thank you, man. Um, the track thing, running 4-3 speed, which is world class in itself. But when it comes to singing, playing football, being an editor and producer and creative like my man Tyler and the rest of us, doing what we do, we get a taste somewhere. Feel me? So somewhere in our life, some yeah. shit hit us. We went on some field trip mm-hmm. and we saw some shit and we were like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> 20 years later, we doing it. Yeah. Something hits you with the singing. And I don't know if it's the South, I don't know if it's church. Talk to us. So here's the funniest, here's here's a story about, okay, so my dad could sing, right? And my dad could sing and my sister could sing. So my dad, uh, in the house, it was kind of a musical household. Like my, my brother doesn't sing or he doesn't rap or anything like that, but he was a music head, right? Like imagine the different, generations of music that I have to hear mm-hmm. in the house because if my dad can sing then that means he's a fan of things right and so my dad is his his 20s was spent in the 70s listening to Marvin and Stevie and James Brown and and Gladys Knight and you mm. know, original drops. Like, I want to know the. That's what I'm like, saying. I, yeah, what yeah. was it like when Marvin dropped a single? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like ask him. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I remember I remember showing him a video because my favorite my favorite band of all time is Parliament Funkadelic, right? Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Go I'm, on, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm watching this. Uh, there's a video of Boosie Collins uh, performing I'd Rather Be With You, right? And he's at a stadium, right? But it's at the Hoffheim's Pavilion in Houston. Hoffheim's Pavilion used to be the uh, the where the where U of H plays basketball. And at the time, I guess it was probably the biggest arena that they had because I don't know if the summit was built yet or not. But um, I'm showing my dad this. I'm like, look at this, man. Like, cause me and my dad, we just chop it up about music all the time. I'm like, look at this. And my dad was looking. He was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure I was at that concert. Mm. And so, 
Nigga so can't remember that shit. That's part. Shout out Parliament. Yeah. He was like, he, he, was like out. he was like, I remember when he said that shit too. Yeah, that was it. So I had my dad's musical taste. I had my mother's musical taste. It was the Osley Brothers and Patti LaBelle and all that from her. Um, one day we leave in church. I'm like eight years old, and um, like seven or eight years old, and. My dad, this is what my dad used to sing all the time. So my dad is singing these songs with my sister. And my sister, my sister at the time is like 14, 15 years old. So she's singing, boom, boom. I'm in the back seat. And then everything gets quiet. And I just start singing, it could all be so simple, but you rather be. What? And so everybody stopped and they like looked at me like, <laughs> the fuck is going on? And so. And I'm looking at them like, I mean, was that good? Or like, like what you mean? Like, I'm like, like, and I, I just don't think that they had ever heard me sing before. And so when I, they were done, they were like, okay, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was great. And so, um, and so like, I just always knew I could do it, but so I did it. And then I went to football practice one day <laughs> and I just, I didn't, I didn't really sing in the choir. I didn't really, but I went to church so much. And so like where it, where it got me, like my dad is playing, Bingo. my dad is playing this Donny Hathaway and this, and, and, and all this shit in the, in the house. And I'm like, damn, okay. Like I really like music. Like it, it, it does something for my spirit to hear music. You know what I'm saying? But it was definitely that. It was definitely like hearing that, like, cause for a minute, I didn't know if people thought that shit was corny if I was a singer or if, you know what I'm saying? But then I realized when I got to high school that girls love that shit. And <laughs> <laughs> that's the equivalent of the white motivation that, that got yeah. the guitar at the bonfire. A black nigga who could sing oh, is the white God. nigga with the, oh, <laughs> with the guitar. And, brother, and an, ath- and an athlete. Yeah, like, like guitars, bro. Come on, yeah. man. We know and what so you're doing, even, bro. Come on. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and so even throughout high school, like when I started making music, it was people in high school that was like, yo, bro, I ain't even, like, when did you start singing? I'm like, man, I always could. I just didn't really do it a lot. But there's some people that used to eat lunch with us used to know that, like, I was singing a little bit because I was just the silly nigga. So I would just make up songs about food. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, shit like that. And um, so as I'm getting a taste of everybody else's musical palettes, I'm also coming in on like, I'm going to school and niggas is like, bro, you heard that new Swisher house? And I'm like, mm, yes. like you know, so I'm I'm getting Slim and Paul Wall, like, like I, I still remember when I found out Paul Wall was white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was, oh, they was like, yeah, he, you know, he, he dope for a white boy. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? That's a white man right there? And, um, and this is this is chubby cornrow power wall, right? And um and uh chameleon there and niggas like uh dude, full out grills. Full out grills and Paul was making them grills back then, you know what I'm saying? Like that's right. There's somebody if you went to the Philippines right now and sang, you know, you had your concert, Jack Freeman in town one night only, and you sang slab on butter. These Filipinos be singing slab on butter and they be feeling like they was in Houston off of you singing, bro. So like, that's like crazy. That's a that's a funny. It's funny you brought that up because the first tour I ever did, I went to Stop. Russia in two thousand nine nineteen. I, I went to Russia. I went to Russia. 
sold out every show. This is right before COVID hit, right? It was November 2019. And uh, one of my shows was in Almaty, Kazakhstan. And I'm in Kazakhstan and I'm in Almaty. And there's like, Almaty is kind of weird because you have these Kazakh people who are really kind of Russian. But then they're also like, they're also like half Mongolian and half like Chinese and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So there's not a single black person in this party, bro. And this Asian dude walks up to me and he said, hey, man, love your swag, bro. Where are you from, man? And I said, "Uh, I'm from Houston, Texas. You ever heard? He said, Houston. Oh, my God. I love Chameleon Air. <laughs> That's funny. I said, I said, wait, what? And he said, yeah, and in the uh the Paul Wall, in the Slim Dog, and the Mike Jones. No way. In the Swisher House, do you know them? And I was like, What? Yeah, like I know these niggas. Like, like actually the only one I don't know is Mike. <laughs> Mike Jones. But like everybody I was like, yeah, and, and at that time I we had just dropped a record. Me and Slim had just dropped a record earlier that year. I, uh, he had put an album out and I did like two songs and shit. I was like, yeah, that's me on the record. He was like, no way, bro. Can I take a picture with you? I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how, and I had to come back here and tell niggas like, yo, like I told Slim, I told Kiki this. I'm like, bro, these niggas is bumping y'all shit over there. Y'all need to <laughs> go over there. You have to go over there because so the love is this, the love is different, man. It's a, it was, it was crazy because I'm out there. We sold out every show, and it was just like I'm. I wasn't even. I'm not even at the Slim Thug level or the Kiki level. At you know what I'm saying? I'm going out there. It's four, five hundred people in a room looking for me, calling out names to my songs and yeah. shit like that. And you know, but that Houston influence is so powerful. You know, I came up in the yeah. blog era of hip hop, right? Uh, as a musician, I came up in the blog era, so. Niggas didn't hear your music unless you was on Two Dope Boys or you was on NahRight.com or you heard that new or okay. Yeah, yeah, man, shout out like, Two Dope Boys. Because it was that weird transitional time where where nobody was really buying CDs anymore at record stores, but nobody knew how to go digital with it completely and monetize it. So shout out Napster. So yeah. Napster. So back then you had to put out free mixtapes. Like them crit mixtapes was all free. Them uh them, them, uh, that Kendrick Lamar EP was was free. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Section yeah. 80 was free. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we was looking for it on two dope boys, yes. waiting for it. Because yep. yes. we gone waiting for joint. Easily. Waiting for it. Easily. Also, the the other part of that is that R and B was in a very bad space too because niggas wasn't doing R and B no more. Niggas started doing EDM music. So like Usher was, oh my god, I'm so and Chris still, Brown was still a hit. Yeah, yeah. And everybody had kind of like abandoned R&B for a minute. There wasn't really a lot of places for R&B music to be heard. So my R&B music was getting put on two dope boys. <laughs> and so during this blog era, all of these rappers first shows in Houston, I was pretty much at them. If I didn't open, if we didn't open, we were there at the show. So it was uh Schoolboy Q and 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 Crit and uh, Kendrick and um, Big Sean first show and um, wow. that that iteration of of um, of currency when they was when when currency and went 
independent yeah. and was doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. it was all Mac Miller. My my first time meeting Mac Miller was 19 years old. And it was his first show, and he had sold out a room full of white kids. And um, it was they was they were so young they didn't even had a bar open for them. But he sold that room. I had three thousand kids in there. And um, but every every show we would go to, I would look over and there's Bun B in the corner. And so I'm seeing Bun and Bun, you know, every now and then he would speak and sometimes he wouldn't. And, you know, it just kind of depended on which Bun you caught that day, if he was in a good mood or in a bad mood or whatever. But he was like a, an ambassador for all of these new young niggas that was coming out. So that's why when everybody come to Houston, these niggas, they come in and they, and they yo, shout out to Bun B because Bun B was the ambassador for the old heads and the city of Houston at the same time for these young niggas. So, so ASAP yes, Rocky, all of these guys, like shit, Drake, like yeah. you can, like you can trace that entire like there ain't a rapper that don't have Bun B the credit for their success in Houston yeah. from that era, right? So one day, um, I'm I'm seeing this nigga for like a year and a half, right? And um, finally, we got to a point where we speak. So one day we were uh, we were talking and. Um, and he was like, he said, man, you know what I like about you, man? He said, bro, I've heard you perform with a lot of people, with the nice guys, with Killer Kalyan, with all these people, man. And every time you perform, you sound on stage the exact same way you do on a record. And he said, I'm telling you that a lot of niggas can't do that. Yeah, I was just going to say. And I was like, Ooh. I said, and I was looking, I'm like, damn, like he really... Like, I didn't even know he was paying attention that long. And like you said, you get that momentum and you don't even know you got it. And um, and it got to a point where, you know, now me and Bun are are, are cool and he's giving me advice on things. And I'm, and I'm forever grateful for Bun B, man. But it's just little things like that that have always just kind of went your way. Kind of huh? propelled me. Yeah, yeah. Especially when I didn't want to do that shit no more. Yeah, when was, the industry was so hard, and I'm just doing it by myself, and it's just hard. You know what I'm saying? Like you get that love, and you like, damn, okay, so somebody's still paying attention. All right, cool. It's you know what yeah. I'm saying? It sounds like you know, it sounds like a, a, a overall success story, but we know that's not realistic, right? So, so speak on those right. kind of times where it's like, man, I don't know if this shit is, you know, because when you do hop into that new lane, doubt yeah. and difficulties, and you know, setbacks are inevitable. So. Yeah, talk about yeah. how you push through that because obviously, you know, success is just on the edge of your comfort zone, right? Stuff like that. You got to yeah. push through that last hurdle and you may, you know, level up. So talk about something like that where you kind of, you know, had to push through self-doubt or, you know, difficulties and how you kind of leveled up after that. Bro, I, I've had so many instances of just like, man, fuck this. Like, just like, because at a certain level, it's hard to be really creative when, and you guys know this because you guys are in creative spaces now, like it's hard to be creative and do what you love when you have so much political red tape around you or when you have so many things that, so many barrier, uh, barriers that block you from like, well, it's going to cost you $5,000 mm -hmm. to do this mm -hmm. and you ain't got $5,000. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're like, you trying to figure out how you're going to get gas today. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you trying to figure out, um, um, uh, are you going to be able to order, uh, afford fries with, with your burger today? Yeah. It's like, you know a, what I'm it's saying? Like a, it's like a deep, 
decision you got to make. You want fries with that? It's like, damn. Yeah. Last yeah. time I checked, the you found five ninety nine. So you know, minus three dollars. It's like, yeah. damn. Yeah, and you you got niggas telling you, uh man, if you know if you want beats from me, it's gonna be two grand or if you go into this studio session it's seven, it's a hundred dollars an hour or it's yeah, it's that kind of thing right and so i've had those times where like um yeah, i just had it <laughs> actually earlier this year it was i don't really know where my career is going and i had this album full of music that i couldn't get finished because i ran out of money and i'm just like i'm i gotta take care of like like because i'm also doing this shit full time you know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, I reached out to Brian B. Cox. And uh, so Brian Michael Cox had been a friend of mine for four years at this point, four or five years at this point. And so um, I said, hey, man, um, I don't have any answers, bro. Like, I don't know what else I need to do. Like, I don't know. Because what also what also doesn't help is watching people that you kind of think ain't uh, that, you know, you're better than on that level yeah or you're better you feel like you're better than and they're they're getting all the wins it Mm -hmm. seems like and then but you have to like humble yourself in a way and say look man they had their own journey that they had to go through that Mm -hmm. is bringing them to where they are Mm -hmm. and you know it might not even be things that you're not doing it's just the fact that they were in the right place at the right time doing doing that and you gotta just kind of respect that right and so um you know, I was on my last leg, bro, and he was just like, "Man, look, we're gonna try to put together a business plan for you, and uh, and see what we can what we can get done." And um, he was like, "But I need you to come to Atlanta and do this show. Um, I think it'll be dope to get you in front of an Atlanta crowd because you ain't never really done nothing in Atlanta." I'm like, "All right, cool." So I go, I go out and do this show, and um, he goes, "When I'm done, he goes, uh, uh, so." If I gave you this much money, could you finish the album? He was like, look, I don't want to waste no time, bro. Like, let me be the executive producer on the album. Let's get this shit finished. Let me get it. We got to get back in the lab and do some more records, me and you, and try to round the sound out and let's go. And so we started going and we we just and it kind of gave me another boost of just like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it got to, you know, because there's so many times where I've been like, bro, is this ever going to get done for me? Is it ever going to work for me? Is it like, mm-hmm. am I like, am I not really that fucking good? Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Am I like, it, yeah. do I like, am I chasing some shit? Cause like you, it's, it's a real thing when, when you broke and your girl looking at you crazy because she don't understand, you know, why you won't just go do this or go, do, you know what I'm saying? Um, your parents are, I'm, I think my parents are just like worried about me. Yeah. Just like, hey man, like, you know, you know what I mean? And that when you're, this pressure and it's just the, uh, the only thing that got me through that shit was love, bro. And I say that because mm. we, we talk a lot about what makes people great all the time, right? Basketball, mm-hmm. regardless of who you think the best basketball player of all time is, Mike, Kobe, LeBron, Kareem, it don't fucking matter, right? The best musicians, Michael, Beyonce, Prince, Jay-Z, Drake, you know what I'm saying? Like everywhere that we can go, we have people that are great at what they do, right? 
the one thing that makes them as great as they are is love, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's love in every it's love in every aspect that you can think of. It's self love. It's yes. family love. It's your it's the yes. love of your friends, and it's the love of your craft. Because if you don't, bro, Kobe is not shooting three thousand shots a day a day. If he's if he doesn't love what he does, you go to the Super Bowl and you lose fifty to nothing in the Super Bowl. That shit hurts, bro. Millions of people watch you get your ass. <laughs> Millions of people worldwide. Nationwide. What what gets you back in there in March to start working out again? Ain't just your check, bro. It's love. <laughs> it's I love this game, dog. I'ma do it again. Yeah. And I'ma do it again. What relates us as creatives, bro, I often think of our, like it's bets, bro. It's feeling. It's a bet it's a that you have for self. Yeah. And the love you have for yourself allows you to place that next bet, just like you did with Brian Michael Cox. Shout out Brian Michael Cox, legend. Yeah, man. Mariah Carey, JD. Yeah. You passed over that. These are these are R and B legends, bro. Yeah. yeah. This is the dude that said, "I'm gonna bet on you." Man. I love yeah. what you're doing so you. much. Yep. I want to bet on you. Yep. What's and, that process and- been like, bro? Being in the studio with B Cox now and like. Nina on the way, right? That's the yeah. Album, Nina's right? on the way, man. Coming in January, man. Like it's. You know, I'll say this to the like, there's times where like it's like Brian could be frustrating a little bit, but Brian is just because Brian is such an artist, right? He's such an artist Correct. and he and um, he works on an artist type of schedule sometimes. Sometimes that schedule mm-hmm. isn't necessarily mm-hmm. your schedule, right? But Correct. but I've learned so much because when you get around like. Again, we talk about love. You get in the studio with Brian and he loves this shit. Like he's a he's a notorious liner notes reader. He can tell you about that R&B record that came out in 83 from a nigga on uh, on Atlantic Records that that nobody really knew. But that nigga had like that one hit. He can tell you who wrote it, you know, all that kind of shit. He's a he's a sponge and a student of music. And he's always been that way. And so with Brian, I and he also understands me as an artist. So when he says, hey, let's try this real quick. It ain't because he's trying to get me to go be Chris Brown. It's because he's like, no, I think you would sound dope on this shit. And I trust him to to to, you know, as like my brother. So like I, I trust him. So right. with Brian, the greatest thing about Brian is that in this industry there are so many ho ass niggas in this industry, bro. There's a lot of ho ass. This one we in. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ho ass niggas, and 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 that yes. just they're gatekeepers of things, but they're only gatekeepers because they don't want nobody else right there next to them. There's Stop, uh, podcast over. Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that hazing bullshit that they doing. Oh, we gonna make this hard on you just because? It's all of that shit. It's it's niggas that'll that'll put a deal in front of your face and start robbing you from robbing you blind um all of that shit don't read the contract just just sign it just just sign sign it and and, and, and the fucked up part about it is that it ain't just um the white boys in the in the at the top it's 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 the black dudes too right thank you i have not met a better person in the music industry than brian michael cox 
Wow. I'm not, I've never met a better human being. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause for years I never had nobody jump on the table and be like, nah, this nigga's it. This nigga's the one. If you're not yeah. playing this record, you tripping. Like I never had yeah. that. You know, it's just been me. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's been like, even going back to what we saying with pitfalls and shit like that. Um, one of the things I had to learn about myself last year was, uh, I looked in the mirror one day and I said, you know what the problem is with you, Jack? The problem is that athlete Jack Freeman and artist Jack Freeman, that's who did Well, artist Jack Freeman puts out a body of work and then lets people judge it, right? And it's like, I hope you guys like this. I hope this is the man. Like, I really hope this person hears it and likes it and shit like that. I really hope this person says yes to me when I'm trying to get something done. Boom, boom. Athlete Jack Freeman is like, nigga, you can't cover me. And I'm gonna run this route, <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do about it, and I'm scoring. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that bravado you have to have as an athlete, that crazy you have to have as an athlete, has to transcend as a music as a musician. Yes. Why wouldn't it? And I've been looking at it so backwards for so long that I'm like, no, nigga, Michael Jackson thought he was the greatest nigga ever. That's why he called himself the king of fucking pop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Lil mm-hmm. Wayne really believes he's the best rapper alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Beyonce told you hoes to bow down. <laughs> For real. Yeah. You don't say that if you don't really fucking believe who you like. Like, being too humble will get you pushed all the way down in this business. Yes, because that time that you push back and you you pull back and you're like, nah, I'm not gonna do that right there. And another nigga jump on the table and he start dancing and doing all this bullshit and doing backflips and shit like that niggas are like oh yeah and I'm like and you like damn that was an opportunity for me to show what I had. and this nigga yes, in here yes. pop like it <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like I had to really understand that like you know I really am a special person bro like I really am yes, sir. like we all yes, are we have something in us like all four of us have something in us that makes us fucking special and bro. It, it makes us not like them. <laughs> and no you also got to live in that because going back to love, when you got people that really, really love you, they don't put you in positions to not be in no place where the where you're loved. So when you coming up and you playing ball and you from the hood or whatever, and you got to walk through a crip neighborhood to get to get to school. Instead of being on the block. Yeah, and instead up. of being on the corner with these niggas, hey, nigga, get out of here. You got football practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nigga, yeah. Go home. <laughs> Do you know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Dude. Hey, your mama at work, and I know. <laughs> so she catch you out here, I'm going to tell her. You know what I'm saying? Because yes, they, they got that kind of love and that kind of respect for you. And, um, it takes a village, brother. It takes a village. Shit. And it takes them saying, nah, nigga, you special, bro. You different. Like. Yep. Yep. These kids ain't going like the loneliest thing you ever going to do in your life is be great at something. Cause, mm. cause ain't nobody else in the gym with, 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 uh, with Kobe at 3 a.m. when he was shooting them shots. After the finals, NBA finals, he's showing up for practice. You like showing that, up for bro. practice. It's crazy. You, shit. um, <laughs> you, you lifting weights after the game. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we we do this shit, man, and I had to learn that shit, man, because as I was a, when I was a, when I was little, I was at this magnet school with other gifted black kids, right? 
So it was a public school, but it was a magnet school. And so I'm in this class with all these kids and then, and my teacher would get me to do shit that wasn't nobody else doing. She's like, why don't you do this over here? And I'm like, why I gotta do that? Ain't nobody else doing it. And yeah. they would say, sure. they're not you. Not, you're not them. They're not you. You get singled out. Yeah. You're like, why the fuck you single me out? Yeah, yeah. Right. So you got to almost kind of play that game. Be like, oh, okay. You're looking at me because yeah. you're trying to raise that village mentality. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. As opposed to, yo, go sit in the corner and go write. You yeah, know what I mean? No doubt. Yeah. It's, it's, there's exclusion yeah. and then there's uplifting. And like, yeah. I always thought like, I don't know how they see me or T or Just or Jack. They yeah, may bingo. see the fucking aura around yeah. me. And, for I, real. and I don't. Yeah. So maybe that's why I'm getting asked to be Scrooge and memorize a Christmas carol in yeah. second grade and I'm black. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I feel like something you said early on, athlete Jack, music Jack, the beauty is knowing both exist yeah. in me. And one can't be, it's the yin and yang. One can't be so, uh, uh, undercut to let one lit, I gotta flow with them both because yeah. they're both me. And, yeah, and I think that's the the beauty in all. But yeah, nah, man. Like what you were saying, it's kind of like uh, that realization that superheroes have sometimes. It's like, bro, like I could be Peter Parker, but I gotta be Spider Man too, and I also gotta navigate that to a point where like it's balanced enough to where like like this burden on me nigga that spider bit me it didn't bite nobody else <laughs> so <laughs> i have to so i have to so what am i gonna do with it you know what i'm saying like yeah. what am i gonna do with it is people out here that that need me and i still gotta be here for myself but i gotta figure out how am i gonna be spider-man and peter parker at the same time how am i gonna be batman and bruce wayne how am i gonna be clark kent yes. and superman you know what i'm saying um yes. it it you gotta it's a it's a it's a battle with yourself first until you figure it out like okay damn i'm just me i can't really apologize for right. who I am. because nowadays people to tell you to be humble because they want to be the judge of who you are as a musician or yes. as a creative or as a they yes. want to dictate how you feel about yourself yes but when a nigga come out and say, nah, this shit jamming. I'm really good at this shit. <laughs> See here. Yes. You play. Yeah. Boom. You yes. like it, don't you? Yeah. When they do that, then it takes the power away from them. And the only people that want that power are niggas that don't feel that way about themselves. Yes. And don't have that power. Yep. And if you don't think I'm special. Then they want your energy, yeah. bro. If you don't think you a special person, then you can't be around me. You definitely won't yeah. think I'm special. You need you're to not gonna think, think, yeah. Or or you're gonna know I'm special and you're gonna resent me because you're not a special. A lot of a lot of people Man, get confidence and Thank cockiness you. mixed up, bro. And it's it's yeah. a lot of yes. people get and and that's a problem with our business, creatives especially, is when you are like yeah. Kanye, for instance, yeah. I don't know where he falls. A lot of early Kanye probably was confidence and now that nigga's just cocky. But you see what I'm saying? It's that kind of yeah. when you talk yeah. your shit, it's almost like society and people want you to be like, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm okay, you know, I'm I have my lucky days, yeah. I have good days, bad days. And they almost yeah. want you to talk like yeah. that because like you said, they want to be able to give the praise to you. But when you praise yourself, it's almost like yeah. it's hella arrogant, bro. I can't fuck with him. It's like, no, bro, it's like yeah. 
it's just confidence. And there's a difference, right. like I said, between cockiness they, and confidence. They want you to fit right. that palate. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's like, bro, like if 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 Indian food is too spicy for you, then you probably shouldn't eat Indian food. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they're not gonna right. they're not gonna make their food less spicy because you don't like it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like right. it's just yeah. it just kinda yeah. is what it is, right? And it's it's a uh, like it like Muhammad Ali wasn't just telling niggas he was gonna knock you out in the fifth round. He also trained for four months to do so. Yeah, why would I? Yeah, why would I? Why would I put myself through that and then be like, well, I just you know I hope it goes my way. Like that's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, I'm I'm gonna knock your ass yeah. out <laughs> because yeah. because everything you have no idea how how long it took me to get here. That's what I'm saying. That's the shit right there. Yeah, that's you don't the shit. know. Go. You don't know how many sparring sessions I had to go sacrifices through to get through this. You don't know how many. You don't know how many footballs on the jugs machine after practice I had to catch to get this good. You don't know how many. Oh. Uh, how many? How many duds I had to record in the studio before I had to. Before I got to the point where oh, I was wow. doing this. I'm a big Mayweather fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm a and. Fan. Mayweather, Mayweather, Mayweather and Brady are very close. Like people don't, I mean, you've seen it on the reality, all access shit, whatever. But the point is both of their grinds, both their hustle, they were laid on. Forget the other shit, whatever you want to call, whatever habits, Mayweather, them dudes waking up middle of the night, going for a three mile run, Mm -hmm. them dudes eating well, training all day, every day. It's, it's in us. So if you ask me, you ask Mayweather, you ask Tom Brady, who's the greatest, to, to Tyler's point, to T's point, I'm going to say I'm the greatest. Yeah. Right. The yeah. thing that I feel like we don't get as people. That's in every fucking field. I love when I go to Name Subway it. and I'll be like, yo, nigga, like, what's that new bread called? Nigga, you need to try. Like, niggas, talk your shit to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. talk your shit. Talk you your shit saying? to like, me, Because I, I, I trust you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You must have baked For that real. shit. And that's the same thing when it comes to... <laughs> no, real talk. Yeah. The same thing when it comes to it's me and shit. Like, yo, B, what shot should we put at section six? Let me Thank tell you, because I filmed this shit for three days. That was yeah. at three o'clock, nigga. No lunch, yeah. nigga. Last yeah. card, we had about two gigs on that shit. But yeah. I knew we need to get that sunset. Yeah. Use that. Like you gotta, but that's again, when you put in the work, I'd be a fool not to speak up to this. Yeah. The nights that I didn't cried on this or the nights that I doubted myself on this and woke up the next morning and said, let's do it anyway. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like these are the things. So when Jack say Nina and Shine is my favorite singer, it's coming from a place because B. Michael Coxton stamped this shit. Yeah. I didn't mix and yeah. master this shit four times. I almost didn't want to release the shit until we found the right scent to put underneath this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And yo, all- and Jack, real yeah. shit. For B for for B Cox to be like, yo, I'm putting this shit towards you. Yeah. Fuck the company. I'm doing this towards yeah. you. No disrespect, Jack. There was a space in which I'm sure there was self-doubt. We all yeah. have it in us. We gotta fight it day to day, whatever it is. But if you sat there and was like, nah, I'm good. Your window to, to what B brought up earlier yeah. to what our boy Insightful said, your window's go- gone. Yeah. And who knows, that energy could translate yeah. to other dudes. So at that moment, let's yeah, go. Yeah, because he because it could be, it could turn into, oh, he just don't want it then. Like, yeah. you know, Period. He, he just don't want it. Like, like, we can't want it for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I wasn't even thinking about Shine at first. And we I was at, I was in a car with him on um we were going back home or something like that. We was in Atlanta. And I said, yo, Brian, I got this record, man. We just finished it. Uh, it's called Shine, bro. Like, let me, can I play it for you? 
and I played it, and he was like, that's hard. That's real hard. Hey, play that again. And so I played again. He said, yo, that's hard. That's like a single. That's the single. And it's the it's the lack of ego that it takes to say the first single on your album that I executive produce is not produced by me. Yeah. A good record yeah. is a good fucking record. <laughs> Period. And Brian could have easily said, nah, Easy. man, like, nah, it's cool. I like it, but I got this. Like, let's do this one and we're going to make that one the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was yeah. like, nah. I'm EP. I gave you the money. Yeah. All of a sudden, that shit comes out of nowhere. Like, and you're like, yo, my man. He was like, no, Labbox produced that? Oh, yeah, that shit hard. Nigga, let's, yeah, we need to put that shit out. Like, let's yeah. get it out. And, um, you know, uh, so to have that, to have those those nuggets and those like where, you know, I know that I'm holding my own when I'm doing this shit too. Where it's not like mm-hmm. if if Brian don't produce it or if this person don't write it, then I'm nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm able to show him that I'm a talented nigga as well. And he's like, no, he's talented yeah. because, you know what I'm saying? And it ain't yeah. just off the the backs of everybody else it's it's me showing that like not only am i good at this shit but i'm getting better too what you talking about what we've all talked about i could talk my shit because like malcolm gladwell outlier says i put my ten thousand hours to become an expert at this shit i'm going on 20 only because i want to because the yeah. journey is the reward. Just like we started this whole thing on the journey of excavating something new. That's why our shit is called Ambition to Elevate. That's yeah. why our emoji is a mountain. This shit is a climb. Life yeah, should right, be right. a climb. Yeah. It's not mandatory. Right. You could be at a plateau and stay there and say, this is fine, like the dog me. Right. But nigga, <laughs> we about continuing yeah. that journey, going yeah. for the next 20,000, 30,000. Because the higher we go, the less that's been there. And it's a blessing to be able to sit up here with you, Jack, and be able to chop it up like this with you, bro. We man, appreciate I you, family. I appreciate that. Um, Thank you, man. We got yeah. this segment. We got this segment called, yeah, we love this shit, but this is how we end it. It's called Before You Go. It's like quick hitting, rapid fire questions that we gonna fire off. Some will be oh, like music, ain't nobody some ever. will be... Ain't nobody ever done this with me before, so yeah, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna do a couple. You give your you give your answer, and then you give your why. Okay. And we we might chime in, uh, but all right, let's. I'm gonna crack it off. Um, let me see what we got. Before you go, ooh, dream artist that you would like to work with, and why? Dead or alive, or or just alive currently. Dead or alive, because you know you got that AI. We could make that shit happen now. So. <laughs> um, it's so many of them, but I I really would like to work with uh, Donny Hathaway. He's my favorite artist. Man, it's Christmas yeah, time too. Yeah, he, and I need a Jay Z. We got the greatest. Mm. So you want to be? You said you want to do the best of both worlds. <laughs> oh. Jack Free and Jay Z. <laughs> Big chips. <laughs> 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 Nah, I want to. I want to definitely be on a whole record, man. So that'd be that'd be beautiful, bro. I'm gonna say. I mean, talk to yo, be, yo, Jack. Talk to Bun B. You know they're they're buddies, I'm bro. Tell, you know what I mean? Look, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to Trill Burger and ask Bun, yo, Bun. 
I'm just saying. That whole record, my nigga. He's gonna no, blast me out, real nigga. <laughs> Free, freeze dry some some trail burger. Matter of fact, next one. This will our our ambition to elevate. Quote is. We gonna get live in season two. We gonna start visiting a city or two. When we get down to the eights, you gonna be our guide. You gonna take do. us to Trill Burgers because I'll be seeing that it looks fire. But Donnie great. Hathaway got the best Christmas song of all time. I'm he does. He does. It's without a question. Um, I, I, I got. I got. I got. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. Ready for this? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Which which one you which one you picking? You can eat breakfast any time of the day. Versatility. My nigga, give me a waffle right now. Bro. I want a waffle. That's right what he's saying. <laughs> like, I'm going to sound talent right now. You, 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 a, you the fifth member of the Breakfast Boys, man. We yeah. are. That's look, it. we out here. We are breakfast. We out here. Pass the syrup. We going to we gonna have to get hella shirts made. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we the Breakfast Boys. Nigga, like, pass the syrup, my nigga. Give me them waffles. Give me them pancakes. For real. Nigga, uh, Keith Lee just went to Breakfast Club in Houston. He said them pancakes was the best mm. pancakes he ever had in his life. Um, <laughs> like, we we out here. We yeah. out here. We all come down here, man. I love we it. gotta go to Trill Burger. We gotta go to Breakfast Club. Um, I know they got the brunches on. You know, they probably got brunches on point out there, too. Them brunch spots. Oh man, we the Sunday fun day capital yeah. of the world, bro. It's probably lit. We the Sunday fun day. You don't you don't leave on Sunday. You For leave real. on Monday. Don't get that flight back on Sunday. Late huh? Monday too. I hear you talking it. Well, what's your favorite sneaker or shoe, whatever? Ooh. Um. Right now, my favorite sneaker is the uh the Jordan Ship. I got them all right okay. now. I got them all right now. So you remember um. So you know that the rookie year, Mike didn't actually wear a Jordan. He did not. So he wore the airship. Mm-hmm. People don't know that. Yeah, shit. He wore the airship. So you know yeah, they just right. re-released those. And um, well, and I got a pair. I got a white and black pair. Ooh, that's why I see you rocking with mm-hmm. the with the with the socks. Yeah, shit. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, brother. So uh, I like those. I I love Jordans. Um, you talking about the like the like Mike joints? Yeah, damn near. Yeah, so I also really like um, Bobo shit. I also really like um, I like Blazers a lot. Um, okay, okay. Um, I like beautiful. I like especially the old colors. I love the old Definitely. colors. The orange shit, the orange and white. All shit. right, so we're gonna do this, this or that, just rapid. You know what I'm saying? So let's start off. I always love giving somebody's perspective on this: amusement park or water park. Uh, amusement park. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Cookies or chips? <laughs> you can say pass. He going cookies. He from the south. He might go chips. Yeah, we gotta go for cookies. We gotta go cookies. Text or you gonna text or call or FaceTime? Text, call or FaceTime? What's your go-to? Text, text first, FaceTime second, okay. call last. Are you, are Don't you, are, are you a, unless, are you unless. a FaceTime out of the blue type person? Just like boom, just FaceTime out the blue. Only, only with like a select couple yeah. of people that I really, yeah. really, really, yeah. really fuck with. Um, when people just like FaceTime me after they had just first met me or something. That's like weird that, as fuck, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. And I only will call you if I know I can't come and pull up on you. And okay. And, um, but like, I really don't, I don't, I don't like talking on the phone a lot. You know, like, I'll call Brian and check in on Brian. Mm hmm. Uh, Talking about you, like, yeah, I'll call you. Just I know, I know. But yeah, I know um, you talking about, nigga. What you mean? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like that's mostly just because that nigga's all the way over there, and I'm over here. So. Yeah. Um, but, but when yeah, you pull yeah. up, we pull up. We went to Walt Clyde's when you was last year. Went to Walt Clyde's. Just been to Walt Clyde's. Yeah, I didn't man. get to get T to Walt Clyde's, but yeah, man, they didn't shut that joint down, bro. Mm. Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Twitter's a terrible place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's I, both of them. You can make an argument. Yeah. Both of them are kind of going down a dark path. But um. Yeah. Yeah. Hamburgers or hot dogs? <sighs> Hamburgers. Hamburgers. Okay. Uh, coffee mm. or energy drink? Ooh. Huh. Um, you give me a nice Celsius or an uptime, I can Celsius. I could I could do that. Um, I'm not a big coffee person, but I will take a shot of espresso. Last one, wings or ribs? Oh, wings, wings, unless okay. it's a beef rib. Because I don't eat pork. Wings, <gasps> drums or flats. I'm not okay. picky. I'll, pick, I'll take them all. Pick a side. Look, pick a side. Look, if I'm in Magic City, I'm not telling them niggas give me all flats. I'm with nigga, give me them little yeah. pepper steppers. <laughs> yeah. Give me them little wheels. Especially, especially Jack, you know how it is, man. You order wings, them shit come out 40 minutes later. Just give me whatever. Yeah, yeah, man. Just, just give me the, yeah, just give me the, give me the, give me the, give me the, Because these two right here, y'all flats, right? Me and uh, Jess. Your drums? I'm wings, man. I'm wings. Flats I'm drum. Too, drum yeah, all day. I'm, I'm drumstick, yeah. Drums are definitely easy to I'm access. I'm drums. Yeah. Yeah, I'm drums. But I'm not turning. Right. If the wings in front of me, I'm good. Right, like, I'm you know what I mean? Like, flat, flats, flats, you, you got yeah. to you you get deep down into the. You, you do a surgery. Deep. Surgery and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I ain't trying to do surgery, yeah, yeah, bro. I'm yeah. trying to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you, you a nature lover, city lover, or both? I like both. Like, I really like New York a lot. I really like New York a lot. Like I would live in New York if it, if it didn't cost twenty thousand dollars a month for a closet. Um, but <laughs> um, I do like nature, though. I, I, you know, I like the beach. I like, you know, doing all that, all that great shit. But um, a little bit of both, man. Sure. Like I kind of like the, I like the new, I like the the congestion of New York because it kind of gives you an opportunity to mm-hmm. kind of like hide in plain sight. Yeah, so, I was just telling T that. Yeah, you just like there, and everybody else is just kind of going about their day, uh, cussing each other out and shit. And you just in yeah. there, chilling. All right, last one. Who's your biggest music inspiration, and why? Um, Artist-wise, uh, Donny Hathaway is my favorite artist of all time, and um, I think part of it is because he is—he um, was vocally perfect like he didn't hit bad notes and little ghetto boy <laughs> yeah. the ghetto yeah so <laughs> like he's he's so good and and then I you find out more about his story and you realize that he's not hitting bad notes because he was 
like severely schizophrenic. So correct. He's hearing and seeing things that aren't there. So he's going to keep doing it mm. over and over again until it sounds perfect to him. Until he doesn't hear that thing that's not in there anymore. And so that repetition that it takes to really do things like that. What's your uh, ambition to elevate quote? I actually said it earlier. The the, the loneliest thing you're going to do in this life is try to be great at something. And it's hard to make people see what it is that you see in yourself. Like, like no, I can, like, like, no, I can, you know, I can win an Emmy. I can win a Grammy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some people don't even really see that far. You know, some people that hit like Grammy, nigga, I'm trying to, I got work in the morning. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and that's a very real thing. It's like, okay, I understand you. So that it, it can be lonely that way, man. Like it. So the loneliest thing you ever going, the loneliest thing you'll ever do in this life is try to be great at something. Yes, sir. All right, and before the last thing, I got a guess is it might be Shine, but what's your your last song that you want to leave us with, um, and why? It's definitely Shine. It's definitely Shine, man. Um, I wrote that. It's a twofold song. It's like understanding that, you know, we go through these relationships that really suck the, the our confidence and our and our um, our joy, and it leaves us feeling a certain way about who we think we might be. It's a negative self-image type of thing. Um, but you can't let these people take your shine away from you. They can't your confidence. Your uh, your self-love um, because you was dope before you met that person and you're going to be dope after the other half of it is you know oh girl is calling you about these dudes that keep doing her wrong and all of that shit it's like you could have been mine the whole time I'd have, treat, I'd, have treat, I'd have treated you right I'm the best in the nation <laughs> you know what I mean sure. <laughs> you know what I mean so uh, but yeah Shine uh, when the album drops, there's another record though. It's gonna be called MVP. Okay. And that shit is, matter of fact, y'all are here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop it to you. Nee. Off my album, Nina is coming in January. You can get shine everywhere. You go watch the video right now. Vivo Apple Music title. Um, add it to your playlist. Share it with your friends. Um, and then play it on repeat until I get a million streams.
lights on and this motherfucker is over with, over with. Damn. Get the numbers, get the IDs, call your Ubers, call the Lyft, whatever, whatever you gotta do. Call a cab, call a cab, I don't know, but call a cab, call a cab, I don't know, but it's a wrap. Shout out to Jeff Jack Freeman. Shout out to Ace Town, we had a great time, but you join us close, close. Damn, until next, next time.